The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link here alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. James, another mailbag day today, and we got a lot of responses, so no shortage of things to get to today. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of, like I said on the last podcast, it's just pretty much all uh, draft prep for me right now, and we'll have a couple draft articles probably kind of counting down my top 30 or 40 prospects from the draft in a couple articles next week but i uh, still wanted to get you guys a, a podcast this week uh do, do we want to hit on at all like how you and i did in the fabageddon last week i know that yeah, you you were a big winner about that it seems like whenever we do this it's like seems like a distant memory but yeah it's certainly worth talking about i landed austin riley in two leagues the main event qualifier and then the great fantasy baseball invitational champions league my thinking was, look, I don't think I'm going to be able to afford Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> I think um, trying to hold out for that dream is probably ill-advised. 
probably going to be the one to land him. So might as well go for Riley. I, I wanted to get one of the two. And when I came to that realization, I just kept upping my bid, I think, to 416. I got to check on that. Yeah, I know that you were you had different bids in two different leagues. What was sort of your thinking behind where you just kind of looking at how much fab everyone had left and you, that's why you had different bids in the the two winning bids so in tgfbi it was 433 that i paid out, out of a thousand of course runner-up was 328 then in the main event qualifier 382 runner-up 332 i just thought in tgfbi you know i've never seen such aggressive fab bidding i thought i'd have to be more aggressive if i wanted him and i had the money to spare i think i Saved myself about a hundred, so I just wanted to have a little something, and I wanted to get Colton Wong out of that util spot. <laughs> I mean, if you're starting him in the middle infield in a 15 teamer, maybe, but yeah, I mean, that's well, not a util type of guy. Yeah, uh, Austin Riley. I mean, it, he's looked amazing so far. Uh, I had, I was only, I got Keston here, Todd Weissler, and I got Keston here in the main event for 375. Uh, we were kind of funneling middling guy like you know david Bodie types in and out of our util and so getting one of these guys this week analyzing the fact that we didn't have enough money to realistically get jordan alvarez if he came up uh but really wanting to upgrade that util spot was kind of an emphasis so we went 375 on riley and hira didn't get riley but got hira and then i was three bucks off in the tgfbi champs league on here i think i bid 305 i think he went for 308 and there was a 307 bid on him too so everyone just right kind of on the money on that hero bidding he hit his second home run today uh off luis castillo so you know i think with with all with every day we're getting more data on these guys and I think it's kind of becoming clear that Riley and Hero were the the cream of that crop as we kind of suggested they would be. Yeah. And now Willie Calhoun already out of the mix due to a what a quad injury. That's a tough blow for people who really shut out for him. He went for three fifty seven. Willie Calhoun did in the Champions League. Uh, I ended up with one share of Keston Hero. I was happy to get it. That was in a twelve team league. Only cost me $81. You know who who went for more was your Alvarez. Now, in that league, you have to stash him in your active lineup for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's I thought that was pretty interesting that he went for you know, 20 bucks almost more than uh, – maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was more like 30 bucks more than Keston Hero. Yeah, I, it's, it's a tough call in those leagues where you have to deploy the guy right away when you're get, uh, bidding on a stash candidate and – yeah, I think in a 12-team league, I get it because Alvarez's upside is such that you want to get aggressive on a guy in, in shallower leagues. But uh, that also, there's no guarantee he's going to be up. I think he's going to be up any day now, but there's that's far from a, from, from a lock, so it's definitely a risk. Yeah, absolutely. I saw Tyler White finally homered. Good for him, but uh, I do think <laughs> Jordan Alvarez should be up very soon. Uh, credit, by the way, to Jake Seeley, who in that 12-team head-to-head picked up Austin Riley last week for like a buck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was pretty brilliant. And he didn't get a zero. I have to take a zero for the week. Of course, capitalize on those first few big league homers for Austin Riley. Uh, good to get out ahead and stash if you can in your league. Of course, in the NFBC, you can't uh, with unless the guy already has debuted. But in leagues where you can stash, you know, stashing really does pay major dividends. Yeah, if you do it right. If you do it wrong and you're – I think it's – don't go over stashing. It, it's kind of depends on your league. I think 
in leagues that are very stash heavy, it can be a detriment at times because a lot of the best guys are already stashed and you're kind of like trying to play catch up on yeah, stashing guys. But in leagues where like I think that that Sealy move is is kind of brilliant in a league where there are reasons people aren't stashing guys. So you can right. pick from the top of that pool. But if you get into the leagues like our, our Rotowire Stake League, sometimes there's there's diminishing returns on those stashes. Oh, you can yeah, you're preaching to the choir on that one. <laughs> I mean I did feel like I was picking up. We're trying to make up ground with some of those pickups, but hopefully with when Kevin Biggio, Jorge Mateo get the call, they will be worth it. But until then, just gotta burn those bench spots. But James, a ton to get into here. A lot of responses to your question for for mailbag questions. And uh we'll start first with John Hollingshead, uh, he wants to know, in Dynasty Leagues, do you prefer to sell high on top 25 prospects or hold on to them hoping they pan out? Uh, now, I, he says in Dynasty Leagues, uh, sometimes, I'm sure John knows the difference between a Dynasty and a Keeper League, but I think sometimes people ask about Keeper Leagues and refer to them as Dynasty Leagues. Like A, a Keeper League is when you know, you're only keeping maybe 12 or 15 guys from year to year. And in those leagues, I like to sell high because uh, typically, you know, maybe 50, 60 prospects are rostered at a time. So it's very easy to just kind of roster a guy, let his stock get into that point where he's like a top 20, top 15 prospect, cash him out, and then go grab a guy that's still a top 100 prospect with uh, upward momentum and then just continuing to cycle guys and cashing them out. I think that that works in shallow leagues where the prospect, the available prospects are are still really good. In true dynasty leagues, though, there aren't good prospects on the waiver wire. And in that case, most of the time I'm going to hold on to the top 25 prospect and, and sort of see how that goes. Now, if it's a guy, say like Francisco Mejia or Willie Calhoun in recent years where the, or Brendan Rogers, uh, where they might be seen as top 25 fantasy prospects by some, but they're not seen that way by me. Of course, I'm going to try to cash them out. But if it's a top 25 prospect I really believe in, there's a time to sell if you need to to go get that title that year. Uh, but I'm really not trading those guys unless it's a really high probability win, move, win now move. Yeah, well put. Interesting. Yeah, you know, we talked about it on the XM show last week, but you made a pretty big trade in a dynasty recently, selling off Vado. We didn't talk about that on the show, did we? No, I I traded. Uh, I'm rebuilding in TGGX. Uh, it's it's kind of a short ish rebuild. I have a lot of pieces I like, a lot of young big league players that I think I can build around, but I definitely needed to. Uh, move on from some older guys. I traded Brian Dozier for a third round pick in that league. I traded Travis Shaw for Jordan Groshans, and then I traded Joey Votto for Austin Hayes. And you might say that, I mean, certainly the Shaw trade looks good now, but like with Dozier and Votto, maybe maybe I sold too low, maybe, and, and for some owners' liking. I know I think that that's a, a issue that a lot of dynasty league, dynasty league owners run into, though, where they just are unwilling to accept the reality of a player's value. It's like, oh, I have Joey Votto. Like, I can't just trade him for right. a guy like Austin Hayes. Well, sure, you. it would have been nice to have sold him a year ago when you still could have gotten something really nice for him. But the longer you hold a guy like that, you really run the risk of having to – like Brian Dozier, for instance. I sold him for a third-round pick. 
that was because I was afraid that if I waited a month, I wouldn't be able to get a fifth round pick for him. And with mm-hmm. Votto, it's kind of the same thing. So you have to be willing to sort of take what the market gives you if you know that you have to cash those chips out. Yeah, that was kind of unrelated to anything that we have on the the outline here. But I just, you know, I saw the note about <clears throat> Keon Broxton joining the Orioles, and I just thought of Austin Hayes. That reminded me, very interesting trade. You know, this Reds Brewers game going on right now. A lot of scoring in this one. Teams have combined for 20 runs. Joey Votto, 0 for 4. 2K is now batting 200. And I saw a clip somebody tweeted of him. He just looks like he almost has like the hitter yips or something. I forget who said that. It's really weird. It's it's really weird. I I don't have a good diagnosis on it. And I don't think – I wouldn't tell you there's a 0% chance of Votto rounding into form. But I think it's it's a pretty small chance at this point. Clearly – well past his prime. I, I'd like for him to round into form to the point where I can start him in tout wars and not feel like I, I wish I had a better option, which is how I feel right now while I'm starting him. But, uh, I mean, I think the days of him being even like a top 12 fantasy first baseman are, are done and over at this point. Yeah, pretty sad to see, especially after the Reds' offense looked so good last year and now they can't, I mean, aside from today, score many runs to – to really pick up the pitching. Uh, next up, Barry Baker wants to know, is Cullen Large someone to keep on the radar in Dynasty Leagues? Maybe if you're in a really deep OBP league, you know, Cullen Large, not a guy with zero pedigree, was a fifth-round pick in 2017, but he's already 23 years old. He's at high A. He's in a system in the, with the Blue Jays where uh, that middle infield is going to get pretty crowded uh, fairly soon. So, not a top 400 prospect for me in batting average leagues you know probably a top 500 guy in obp leagues but it's not to that point yet mostly just given the fact that it's hard to buy into what a 23 year old having success at high a just doesn't really mean that much to me very interesting well a quick note uh, as we pause here to bring you a word from one of our sponsors prize picks tired of trying to grind uh tired of the grind trying to win on DraftKings or FanDuel, spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big? Well, our friends at PrizePix have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap with PrizePix. It's just you versus the projections. PrizePix has new boards of selection up every day, covering players from Major League Baseball, the NBA, PGA, NHL, UFC, NFL, NCAA football, and more. They are also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross-sport entries so you can go under on Durant while taking Tiger on the over. Prize Picks really is daily fantasy simplified. Visit rotowire.com slash prizepicks to sign up now or use promo code WIRE when you download the Prize Picks app. Next up, James, Ryan wants to know who are some guys that you think are moving up or down slowly, uh, are moving up slash slowing down their ETA. I get what he's saying here. Uh, So let me say that again. Who are some guys that you think are moving up slash slowing down their ETA you had coming into the year? Sure. I I didn't – I wasn't able to think of too many. I did update the ETA of all the top 400 guys on the last update, so those are current. Uh, Sometimes that falls behind, so – I do want to make that clear. Like there are times where I just haven't updated it in a, a month or two. So they, they are current right now, though. Uh, one guy whose ETA I changed in a negative way. Uh, I originally had Nick Madrigal debuting this year. Now I moved him to 2020. Uh, we talked about him on I think last week's podcast. Um, 
And then four guys that I think I changed from 2020 to 2019 at some point this year. I'm not 100% sure they they were all 2020 to begin with, but right now I have Matt Manning, Casey Mize, Brendan McKay, and Christian Pache as 2019 guys. I think they all entered the year as 2020 guys. Uh, Don't feel confident about those four guys coming up this year, but I think if I really had to pick between this year and next year, I would go 2019 on all of them. Uh, With Pache, maybe it's just he's up in September as a – guy that adds speed and defense for them uh with mckay obviously tough to necessarily predict that the rays are gonna fast track a guy from double a to the big leagues but uh they have done that more in recent seasons than in in kind of the last 10 years and mckay is just pitching so well right now uh, I believe he's still at double A, but I mean, he could be pitching in the big leagues right now, just from a, a skill standpoint, same goes for Manning, same goes for Mize. And my philosophy with those types of really just elite pitching prospects is just when they're ready, bring them up, uh, let them get, get going on big league hitters, see what they have to work on in the off season, that type of thing. So I think if Manning, Mize, McKay all stay healthy, they, they have a chance of coming up this year. Animal Farm wants to know, Luis Garcia of the Nats is the youngest player in his league, but he's really struggling, it appears. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, we, uh, you know, he he's a guy that shows up really poorly with the hard hit data we have on the site now. Uh, really, really poor hard hit rate, but that would stand to reason. I mean, if you're going to be, I think he's almost a year younger. He might even be over a year younger than the next youngest guy at Double A. And uh, I mean, if he if he was having success right now, he'd be a like a you know if he was having significant success, he'd be a top five prospect. Uh, he's not, he's having significant struggles. Uh, we had Ralph Lifshitz, uh, from prospects live on the, uh, MLB network show on Saturday. And he's seen Garcia in person this year and, uh, kind of confirmed what the numbers say that he's just kind of, you know, good at making contact, but it's pretty weak contact, uh, no power to speak of right now. And that's not, uh, all that surprising. I think I predicted coming into the year that he would hit around 300. Uh, that's not happening. Um, so I'm slightly concerned about, uh, you know, I, I thought he would just hit for an empty high average at double A, uh, not really even doing that right now. So a little bit concerned, but you know, we're still talking about a guy who, if he went back to double A next year and then went back to double A again, the following year, he'd be about age appropriate for that level. So not panic time, but also not a guy who is hitting the high end of expectations this season. So he is he is slipping a bit, especially once the the draft prospects get put into the top four hundred in a, in a few weeks. He will fall uh, probably well outside the top fifty, I would guess. But I think he's still going to be a top one hundred guy. Not a draft prospect, but Jason Dominguez, a top J two guy. Mike Greer wants to know where do you believe Jason Dominguez will slot in initially on your top four hundred. Yeah, so Dominguez is the best J2 guy for this year. I think he's better than any of the J2 guys from last year. Um, I think I'm probably going to rank him as a top five player for first-year player drafts. So uh, he'll be up there with the top guys from the, the 2019 draft. I would guess he'll be around 40th, maybe like 45th, something like that. But... You know, we'll see when we get there. I don't have to rank him until July two, and at that point, there's going to be more graduations, and all the draft guys are going to be in there. So we'll sort of see how everyone else is doing. That'll play a part in where he slots in. But 
Uh, if I had to guess right now, I would guess around 40, 45, something like that. Matt Leahy wants to know, what's your read on Luis Urias? He says, I've heard some speculation that he's selling out for power, but do you think that that is more a product of the PCL plus juice ball or a change in approach? He also wants to know Urias's ETA. Yeah, we've talked about Urias a little bit uh, recently just because of how much damage he is doing at AAA, the fact that Ian Kinsler's been uh, really bad for them. Arias is selling out for power. That's, you know, that's obvious. He's the, the pull rates way up. The fly ball rates way up. Uh, but I can't say I blame the guy. Like, I mean, if you're at triple a right now, all you your, optimize all your, all your, all your teammates, all the guys you're playing against are just hitting bombs out left, right and center. I mean, you might as well get in on the fun and we know he's, we know he's a capable He's basically kind of showing right now that he can adjust to sort of anything. Like he can become a power hitter if he needs to. He also has shown the ability to be a a high average hitter. And maybe it's just an issue of, you know, next time he comes up to the big leagues and when pitchers challenge him, he's going to be ready this time around to do damage. And then when they adjust and start kind of, not trying to give him anything to hit. He's going to be able to revert back to his old ways and use the whole field and, and take a walk. Uh, I don't really view it as a bad thing. If anything, I'm just kind of uh, excited to see what he does in his next trip to the big leagues. And when will that be? I, I think it's, you know, I think it's gotta be any week now. Uh, I would hope before the end of the month, maybe it's early June. I'd kind of like to see them, like when Fernando Tatis comes off the IL, I'd like them to also bring up Urias at the same time and just kind of bring those guys both into the fold together, send Ty France down, move uh, Ian Kinsler into a util role. I think that that would be a pretty awesome move. I hope they do that. Not sure they will. To clarify, though, Luis Urias, more so selling out that all-fields approach, not really selling out contact, right? Because the K-rate's right. actually down a little bit from last right 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 exactly yeah. that's that's a good thing to point out uh but I that mean, is a, a trade-off certainly yeah it i think the so i think with his current sell like kind of getting rid of the all fields approach that doesn't really affect anything in the pcl especially given his his bat to ball ability i think maybe that is a sacrifice when he gets back up to the big leagues where he maybe wouldn't hit for that type of average initially if, if he keeps this current approach. But, uh, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't really nitpick. I, I'm not suggesting that uh, um, Lee, uh, Matt was nitpicking. I mean, but, I mean, you can't have it both ways where you complain about a guy not hitting for power and then when he hits for power you get mad that he's changed his approach. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good development. I think it, it – shows that he's a guy that's going to be more than just an empty batting average at the big league level. Nice. Well, here's a question for you. Looking ahead to the draft, um, Ryan Winshidi wants to know, where does Adley Rushman, Rushman, uh, the likely number one overall pick, where do you think he maybe ends up in your, in your top 400 update post-draft? I, uh, I talked about this with Chris Welsh on uh, – on the podcast I did with him last week, and it's it's a really tough call for me right now between uh, who's going to rank higher out of Adley Rutschman and Andrew Vaughn when I do uh, put those draft guys in there. Like, 
my my heart says Rutschman, my head says Vaughn, just because Vaughn's kind of a bat first masher. You know, we know how those guys typically go, whereas Adley Rutschman's a catcher. It's it's kind of a a paradox to to know where to whether or not to go with the catcher as the number one fantasy prospect in a draft, just given what we know about catching prospects in fantasy. But Rutschman is uh, the best catching prospect to come along since I've been ranking prospects, and that's by by quite a bit. Like I, I think he's significantly better than Joey Bart, who went number two overall last year. I think he is going to get to the big leagues before Joey Bart, and I think he could play in the big leagues this year. I don't necessarily think the Orioles are going to rush him that fast, but I mean he's he could win Gold Gloves behind the plate. He could win Silver Sluggers at the dish. I mean he might be Paul Goldschmidt with catcher eligibility. Like he's, he's an amazing hitter. He's an amazing catcher. He's an amazing prospect. Uh, I think he's going to probably slot in, in the 25 to 35 range of the top 400. But um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really tough call between Rutschman and Andrew Vaughn as to who I rank higher. Nice. Well, quick note before we move on. Uh, America's pastime is back. The smell of the grass, the crack of the bat. And now that sensation of money burning a hole into your pocket just play Yahoo Daily Fantasy and find a baseball contest that's right for you. Go head-to-head against a friend or find someone online. With Quick Match, you'll only go up against another player of your skill level, play for free or for cash, but the best part is there's no management fee. You keep 100% of your winnings or play in groups for a larger pot and bigger bragging rights and guaranteed prize pool contests. Every day there's a no-management-fee contest, meaning we take nothing and all players have a better chance to win. And for you really obsessive fans out there, you can set up a league that can spin anywhere between two contests an entire season. Yahoo Daily Fantasy is easy to play. Just deposit some cash, choose a game, and get to winning. So come make a deposit and get started. Use promo code ROTO25 for $25 in free play with your first deposit. The sooner you get to playing, the sooner you can get to winning. Go to yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy today. You could be celebrating tonight. Next up, James, we have uh, Matthew Freer who wants to know, how many of Lazardo, Whitley, Gallon, Puck, Manning, and Mize do you think get called up and get more than 10 starts this season? I think it's the top three guys, the first three guys, Lazardo, Whitley, and Gallon. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even over 60% confident that we see any of Puck, Manning, or Mize in the big league, so I'm not going to say they get 10 starts. Uh, Whitley, I think kind of have to take sort of a big picture view on him and not be such a prisoner of the moment where, you know, his numbers at AAA certainly wouldn't lead you to believe he's going to get double digit starts in the big leagues this year. But, uh, I just, I have faith in him figuring things out and, and getting that call in the second half in time to get to 10 starts. I think Lazardo is kind of trending towards possibly making a late june early Ju- early july big league debut i know susan slusser was saying august i think it might be sooner than that and gallon could be any any week now uh so those three and then not the other three mike austin wants to know what has changed with simeon woods richardson since may one he has allowed five earned runs per game i you know i haven't had time to go back and look at any of those starts where he's struggling but uh, I think it's just pitching's really hard. Uh, Simeon Wood- Woods Richardson is a, a prep righty who, uh, you know, there was some some reliever risk with him coming into the draft. Maybe it's a kind of a, a stamina thing. Maybe he's pitching through an injury. Uh, 
just hard to say. He's, his stock's obviously falling a little bit of late. Gave up uh, gave up just two earned runs in his last start, but did give up five earned runs in four straight outings before that. Uh, I think you just have to hope that it's something in between what he was doing to start the year and what he's doing right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, pitching prospects, especially pitching prospects at low A, are are uh, very volatile. Very nice. Well, next up we have Jason Lamberson who wants to know, would, what would you trade Jordan Alvarez for today in terms of major league talent if you're looking to compete in Dynasty? That'd have to be a pretty massive haul. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not like this is a guy that's a couple years away. I mean, he could help you this year. So you need it yeah, to that's be... That's like when I traded you uh, on this very podcast, uh, Juan Soto. It's actually not like that because we didn't expect Soto to be up right away, but... Yeah. Um, you'd need, like, multiple top 100 players, right? Yeah, I mean, let's say you sort of built it around a first baseman. Um, I mean, like Luke Voigt plus, something like that. Just Luke, Is just Luke Voigt enough for Jordan Alvarez right now? No. So, yeah, maybe Luke Voigt and... Uh, I mean... Luke Voigt does have quite a bit of value, but I still want Alvarez and, um, you know, I'd want another piece with Voigt. What if it was Luke Voigt and, um, let's see, I kind of want to throw a pitcher in there, like a veteran pitcher. Uh, what about, like, is Luke Voigt and Steven Strasburg too much to give up for Jordan Alvarez in a dynasty? I think I would do that in a heartbeat myself, actually. If I had, if you I've had, never been a big Strauss guy, though, so I can't really. Like you would, if you had Strasburg and Voigt, you'd flip them yeah, progress. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's not a bad idea of sort of what the value would look like. You know, a, a pitcher where you're fairly confident they are going to be a top 20 guy per start going forward. And yeah, maybe you sub Strasburg for James Paxton or something like that. Um, like a pitcher kind of in that range, an older guy, but a really good older guy and then someone that's got impact potential at the plate like Voigt but is you know on the wrong side of 25 and um kind of you know in the middle of their prime as as opposed to approaching their prime very very good next up Danny Paste wants wants you to sell us on Jake Fraley and his overall outlook yeah, we talked about Fraley last week. Uh, you know, he's really just good at everything across the board. He's going to be a good defensive center fielder. He's got plus speed, so he's going to be a double-digit stolen base guy, double-digit home run guy, could hit around 300. I mean, it, to me, it's just about his durability and how he handles AAA pitching, but I, I, I don't really see any flaws in the skill set. Very nice. Um, let's see here. Scott wants to know, what happened to Yusiniel Diaz? And that's a good question because I was just thinking about him the other day. And um, but What do you see with him? Yeah, I, I did a Twitter search. Uh, that's always typically the best place to find injury info on minor league players and saw that uh, Raj Kabaka, who covers the Orioles for Masson, uh, replied to a guy on May 15th saying that he is dealing with a strained hamstring. So... Uh, don't know when we'll see him back probably sometime in june very nice well one quick piece of business here if you love fantasy baseball then you need to try my new favorite app draft it's daily fantasy baseball but not like the other guys 
On draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Drafts last for just one night, and once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Uh, I enjoy this because I don't have to you know, try to beat the Sharks with uh, one unique you know, play that kind of differentiates myself. My whole team is different from everybody else's. You can join me on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited time only, all Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code Rotowire. That's right, play in a real money game for free just for using my promo code Rotowire when you make your first deposit. Search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter promo code Rotowire. James, next up, uh, and we got only a few minutes here, so we'll, we'll fly through some of these. Uh, John Brosco wants to know. What is the financial slash control harm to teams for calling up pitching prospects for a spot start and sending them back down? Do the option years even matter for a stud prospect? I don't really know what that. Um, well, I think it's sort of a. It's not really financial. It's more developmental. Now we saw, like we saw the Braves. The Braves have been just shuttling guys up and down all year, like Tuki Toussaint, uh, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson. Um, it's just, is the guy ready for big league hitters? I mean, you're not, unless you're just, you have just no healthy arms in your system. You're not going to call a guy up to the big leagues. If you don't think he's ready uh, to handle big league hitting, there's, that's just not really how you go about filling spot starts. Uh, if you have a luxury of arms like the Braves, there's no real financial harm to, to bringing guys up, sending them back down option years. No. Yeah. You don't really factor those in with top prospects. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's about as well as I can answer answer that. Yeah. I think, you know, looking ahead to year six or seven with pitching prospects, isn't really necessary. Only so many bullets in the arm and that arm can go at any point. Jay Daniel wants to know, um, he says here, I'm rebuilding in the 12 team NL only keeper league. And I picked up Gavin Lux last week. I guess he just wants to know if you like it. Yeah, I, I like Lux. I think he's going to be a, a solid big league second baseman. I think he's probably going to get a shot there for the Dodgers at some point next year. Uh, power, speed, ability to hit for average, it's all there. None of those tools are elite. I mean, the, the hit tool might be the best of those three tools for, for Lux, but uh, that's fine with me. I don't mind when a guy's hit tool is better in his power or speed. And then there was another Gavin Lux question. Scott wants to know, what does he have left to prove at double-A? Uh, not much. I mean, he certainly could be up to triple-A uh, just based on merit. The Dodgers are – they have the luxury of kind of being slower to promote guys than a lot of other organizations just because they have so much depth. Uh, there's – you know, it could be defensive – related it could be just there aren't the at-bats at triple at a to to give him you know that can also be an issue but um yeah he certainly doesn't have much to prove at double a nice well we got to cut things off a little short here i'm going to say that um well maybe we can get to the rest of these questions well, I'll, next week I get, i'll just rapid fire the rest of these uh jared kalenic ceiling mlb comp um you know, it's really tough. I mean, maybe you could dream on Andrew Benintendi with maybe a little bit more power, but I, I really don't like giving comps on guys that are in the low minors. Uh, any updates on Royce Lewis's stock? Uh, stock is fine. He's bounced 
bounce back after a rough start to the season. Still a top 10 prospect for me pretty easily. Uh, any pitching prospect that is 80 grade Maddox like pitching intelligence. Uh, I think Mike Soroka would probably be the one name that would come to mind for me. Uh, not a prospect anymore. If I had to pick a prospect, maybe Ryan Weathers. And then what is the future outlook for Julio Urias? I still think he's going to be a number two big league starter at some point, uh, maybe as early as next year. Nice. Well, we appreciate it. I'm going to say the countdown of the most memorably bad hip hop singles. It's done. It's over. It's dead. Uh, you can get, <laughs> let us know what you think our next, you know, end of podcast segment should be moving forward. I think next week, We'll offer a more comprehensive review of the Wu-Tang Clan of Mike's, Mike's and Men documentary. James, you have powered through that, right? Um, so we'll both offer some more thoughts. I have some thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. So we'll do that, then maybe start a new countdown the week after. Thanks, you all, for listening to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.